I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Darren O'Sullivan on Sports Joe. Hi there, you're very welcome along to this week's episode of the GAA Hour with me, Darren O'Sullivan. I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Tyrone, Kyle Coney and Kevin Kiamaki. How are you doing, boys? Good to be here. Good, good. Yeah, All-Ireland final build-up. I'm lucky enough that uh, I'm coming into this week very happy. Bit smug. Delighted with life. But uh, yeah, it's funny that it's kind of crept up on us. Um, still feels a bit weird. I'm getting asked a lot, actually, about it. Um, do I think it's the right thing? I'm not sure what your opinions are on it. It does seem strange, but I actually don't think there's any right answer at the moment. Yeah, it's definitely strange for everyone. and No one's really used to having All-Ireland finals in... in mid-July yeah. but look as you said there's probably no right or wrong answer but you know from a Tyrone point of view I, I know that there's a few of the, the lads away in, enjoying life in, in, in the States and you know it gives them opportunity to experience a bit of life when they're still playing inter-county football that, that you know they can go and get a holiday or two and a bit of downtime because I know our club championship doesn't start to the end of September but uh, it's it's unusual it'll take yeah. a wee bit of getting used to but it's it's definitely a, it's a strange one saying saying all Ireland final in mid July. Yeah, what do you reckon, King? Because just even on RT with the hurling and they're still on about it. But I I don't know. What do you reckon? Uh, I I'd be a fan of it. Like it's yeah. same as anything else. You have time. Then we'd say even like we say school teachers, they're playing football. They don't get a chance to get away then on a holiday. If they're in all Ireland final in in September time, it's not as easy to get time off work and stuff like that. So I think it's a big thing. Just to push with it and keep it going, you know? Yeah. No, I like that. And I suppose All-Ireland final week, the build-up. And uh, I met a fella from Dunboyne just over the weekend back in my own bar, like, and uh, we were chatting away and he was like, geez, I remember I used to meet uh, Kerry lads. For We used to always stay out in Dunboyne. Uh, and I've been imagining that's where Kerry will be staying this weekend because I know Jack was a big fan of it. But it was. I was just trying to think back to the, the build-up the night before the All-Ireland and we used to always, without fail, walk from Dunboyne Castle into the town and, you know, locals be so used to seeing us and I was telling the man how we used to always do it, go into the town or whatever and uh, he was, oh, what would you do in town? I said, go up to the shop for an ice cream and some jellies for the night before or whatever. Like, but it'll be interesting now to see what the boys are doing this, this year and all because I know, um, I don't think many of them be eating too many jellies um, before the final but... Uh, just to build up getting ready for it now, I'd say the, the excitement must be great this week, even though two weeks is all they had to prepare for it. So it'll be tough enough going. And most of the big games we would have all played, and you get three or four weeks. So it's a strange enough build up for both counties now, Galway and Kerry. But there's something like maybe like it potentially is better, you know, 
because when you have three weeks, there's too much time to mull it over. And you, even for managements, you change your mind so many times, I'm sure, as a manager of matchups and who's going to be the right man for who. And with three weeks between a semi-final and a final, you can actually play yourself out of form. You could be flying coming in and then next of all, you hit this little lull and then you're coming into a, a big match after playing a bad week's football. Whereas two weeks, it's all short, sharp stuff. There's no... There's no messing about. It's just all sharp stuff. And I, I think it's really good. And it, it seems that the quality of football this year is probably been as good as it's been in years, you know. So I think players themselves are liking it. They know the season's finishing here. It's not dragging on. You know, it's six to seven months. Get in, get it done. Mm. And then we have a bit of time away. Like even looking at all the Cavan boys there, they're all away on holidays now, do you know. And they're getting their two, three weeks before the, the club championship starts. You know, it's absolutely brilliant for them boys, you know. So I think for, like, players in outside of football, I think it's brilliant. Mm. Like, without a doubt, brilliant. Yeah, and even I actually found some of the times you'd see the hardest part about playing, you know, the longer season is trying to stay in form between a provincial final, a quarter final, a semi-final. Because those four weeks, when you break it down, there could be three or four months there where you're having to keep your form right up there. Whereas now you could, like, they've probably played last three rounds last five or six weeks it's a bit easier to keep your form up but I suppose going into this final Kerry seem to be red hot favourites but they haven't won it since 2014 Kyle do you think that's going to add a bit of pressure to them? Uh, I'm not I'm not so sure um, that that'll add any pressure to them internally I, I don't think so externally that's the way it may want to be portrayed that they 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 haven't been won from 2014 and the media hype that. But internally, I think Jack will, will have them well-grounded. Um, he'll have them jumping out of their skin, ready to go. But uh, they are favourites, but they're I don't see them as red-hot of favourites as a lot of people make them because the second half against um, Dublin will give Galway a, a lot of positives. It'll give them a lot of hope that if they tie you know, certain individuals down, tie Paddy Clifford down, limit what David can do when he gets the ball which not not an easy task but I, I do think that last 35 minutes that um, Dublin put, put in will, will give um, Galway a lot of hope it's just uh, if they get their matchups right which we, we talked a bit about off air that you know they don't probably have out and out defenders they have a lot of attacking defenders that want to get up the pitch if they can get the matchups as right as they can they, they, they could be in this game right to the death Yeah and Keane like we said look Kerry are favourites and a lot of people might is there pressure on Galway? Like it's obviously a long time since they won not Ireland, but maybe they've got there, not under the radar, but maybe a bit unexpected from the start of the year. How do they approach it now? I suppose, I suppose everyone thinks of Galway in the free flow and football, and they have beautiful footballers. Do they approach it that way? Are they a bit more tentative? It is hard to know which way they go into it. It's a, it's a great opportunity for them. Yeah, like both counties traditionally play fantastic football. They're probably two of the best counties over the last 20, 30 years to play the game the right way or the so-called right way. Um, Galway are going to do whatever it needs to be done. They've done it against Derry. Do you know, the play, the, the versatility in their play is huge and that has, has them in an All-Ireland final. I do think that the second half in the Dublin-Kerry game was more, this Kerry unit have never beaten Dublin. So if Dublin came at them at all, Kerry were going to get shaky, you know, because they hadn't got... You you see how much it meant to them when they won the game. Like, that was just, we've beaten Dublin. That's the monkey off the back. 
Like that was a huge moment for this group of players going forward. So I think if Kerry can keep themselves grounded, concentrate on winning the game and play the way they can, I think they comfortably win this game by five or six. But if they don't do that, you're writing off Galway. And Galway are a team with fantastic footballers from one to 15 or one to 26 even. Do you know, they have loads of footballers who can hurt you. So Kerry really need to make sure they, t- they don't take their foot off the gas. They need to approach the first half the way they approach Dublin. Yeah. And, and I think then they, they won't lack confidence in the second half because I think the Dublin factor of never beating Dublin and Dublin got their little bit of a purple patch, that's what really got Kerry going and got them shaky. So I think if they start the game like they start against Dublin, I think Kerry could be a comfortable winner here. But it all depends on their mindset going in. Yeah, I'm, I'm, when I think about the game, like we talk about the good footballers in Galway and the good footballers in Kerry, and you're thinking oh, it'll be a beautiful game. I think it'll be quite ugly, but going back to the Kerry-Dublin game, the first half by Kerry was was brilliant. And watching Shawnee, Shane, David Clifford especially, in full flow, it was it was just brilliant to be able to sit back and watch it. But the second half, as you said, the nerves did kick in. But up to that point, Kerry hadn't been tested. And even though they lost the second half, I just think their reaction to it, their ability to dig deep, players like Brian Begley who came short for that free or short for the kick out, mm-hmm. having the, I suppose the balls or the courage to actually come, Paul Murphy having the intelligence and the courage to kick instead of punching safe. I just think that win, even going forward past this final is going to be huge and I suppose the burden of not beating Dublin for so long and I suppose Dublin constantly catching them. I just think maybe a weight has been lifted. So it will be interesting. Um, but the first half the next day, Kyle, I think the first 15, 20, maybe even the full first half, I think we might be in for a very, very slow burner. A bit like the the Derry-Galway semi-final. What do you think? The last three teams, the big Dublin have all got beaten. So <laughs> sorry to bring it in a bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to avoid but, that. <laughs> no, Galway in the, in the last two games, but... Um, in the Derry game and the Armagh game, started really, really slow. Um, they kicked a lot of wides against Derry. Uh, Derry, obviously, a lot of men back in the... Uh, Galway were shooting from outside the scoring zone. Against Armagh, it took them a long time to settle, um, to find their feet. Um, so, in, in that regard, you know, it could be a slow burner with the, the way they'll want to put body behind the ball. Absolutely, they'll, they'll want to frustrate Kerry. They'll want to get... They'll take... You know, if they if they've watched games over the last year, they'll want to do what Tyrone done a few years ago and frustrate Kerry, get as many bodies around the scoring zone and try and frustrate them that way. But in in terms of Kerry, the first half of the last day was it was just a joy to watch the way they moved the ball through the lanes. And I spoke to you earlier about how how their foot passing does a lot of work for mm. for for their forwards. You know, David gets it on on the half turn. David Moran locks up. I don't think he looks for anyone else. The only only David Clifford Potty's the same. It's just get that ball in. Get it till the right side of the forward and let him do his damage. But if Galway want to be in this game, they're going to have to put a lot of bodies behind the ball, frustrate them, and hit them on the break as as much as they can. Get get bodies up the field. You know, keep Damien Comer as close to goals as, as possible, and get the boys to come off. Him. You know, it's it, it's easy saying that, but that's that's the way I see the first half going. A lot of frustration for for Kerry if they can manage to close that scoring zone area, which is you know Kerry leave it open the D is always open yeah well we've been caught by that D a couple <laughs> of times but you mentioned there they did shoot um, Galway did have a lot of wides and they shot from kind of outside what we would call the scoring zone 
And I was wondering, was that maybe a bit of a ploy by them to shoot from maybe further out to try and draw out the opposition defender, Derry defender, Armagh defenders, instead of trying to get into that that maybe better zone where you get turned over? Is it a case of we can shoot from out here if we score? Great, we have a point and the defenders have to start pushing out. And if we don't score, look, we're fine. It goes dead. We reset and we go again. So it might be an option that Galway do that again against Kerry where they shoot from a bit further out where if you get it, it's a bonus. And if you don't and it goes wide, you're still set up at the back and Kerry have to travel 140 yards at the ball key. Yeah, well, the the way they the set up against Armagh and Derry, they knew... They knew it was going to be all blocked up. So I'm sure for the week or two building up, they were thinking to themselves, boys, our scoring zone is going to be 10 to 15 yards further out. Now they have the clientele to kick scores. Conroy, Dade, Daly, all these boys can kick long distance scores. And it's mad to think Conroy could miss two and someone else would just kind of go, oh, I mightn't just shoot again. Conroy, give me the ball, I go yeah. again. And he'll end up kicking three. Do you know, like he has that confidence in his own ability, which is great. I just think th- the whole game really... like. Kerry need versatility in both defence and attack. In the first half against Mayo, they just constantly played their kicking game, which is a great game to watch. But the amount of ball they kicked into Clifford and two men on him. Yeah. Do you know, like Clifford is brilliant, but if he's drawn two men away, Kerry Kerry have enough good footballers to say the other, we'll use someone else. The other part of that is, and someone we might have forgotten about is Paul Ganey was quiet the last yeah. day against Dublin, mm. and you can't leave Paul Ganey. Paul very rarely quite in two games very rarely and he could end up being the, the match winner because so much attention does go on David and Shawnee and now Paddy. very few teams have four good markers five good markers and I, look Paul in fairness Paul and his wife Shun had a baby as well recently so maybe a bit of extra tiredness had crept in as well there but he was a bit bit off colour a bit quieter than usual and like I'd be there going he could be Kerry's match winner like um like that he's coming towards the end of it. he'd love to be going out on a high I'm not trying to retire him here now or anything but do you know we've so much focus on David Clifford Paddy Clifford Shawnee Shea like they, the likes of Paul Ganey Stephen O'Brien has done a lot of his best work this year defensively they could be the match winners the next day there's a lot of fires to put out when mm-hmm. you mention those names and you're right in saying that Paul Ganey didn't have his best game the last day he seemed to be forcing it that way actually but the, the, the normal things that he does ever so well he does the basics so well his mm. kick passing his fist passing uh, he, he assists a lot of scores he gets a lot of scores he just seemed to force it a wee touch he maybe knew that he wasn't 100% in things that he was doing so he, he maybe tried to when you know as a player if you try to do that wee bit extra or try and force a pass and it doesn't come off just that you know that you might be you know being pulled off or you mm. might be that person who's coming off but um, as you say he doesn't be regularly quiet in two games he, and he normally chips in he scores a lot of goals mm-hmm. he gets a lot of goals for Kerry but on the other hand you have Killian Splann comes on uh, last day I thought maybe Tony Brosnan was going to come on you know it's probably a mix up between the two of them so there's, there's a lot of fires you know, uh, David's going to get probably five or six points anyway he's going to get you know whether he gets a goal or not Shawnee kicks the freeze so it's whether they Galway can limit the rest of the players chipping up on the scoreboard if they do that gives them a better better chance to be in the game, but there's a lot of a lot of fires to put out. And when you mention all those names on, on the carry side, there's as you not, not a lot of teams have four or five dogs that like to to yeah. do man marking jobs. Yeah, and look, I suppose the other side of that is a lot of them players were there last year as well, and Tyrone nullified that threat 
really well throughout the game. And from a defensive point of view, you're looking at Kerry and they've been a lot better this year and Jack has brought in Paddy Talley and together as a management team, they've really shored up that defence and look, they'd conceded up to doubling in one goal in 14 games and Costello's goal the last day was ridiculous to be fair to finish and you're looking at the Galway game from the semi-final like who was the main man? Comer. You look at the Kerry defenders, who would you put on him? Like if he's in that form, yeah, you see, he's got a little bit of everything, you know, like he's he's phenomenally strong, he has pace, he's direct, and he can kick a pint off both feet. Yeah. Do you know, and maybe years ago you might have just thought of Comer as a ball winner. Like, you think that now you're on a hiding to nothing because he's, he's his ability to do absolutely everything. Kerry, physicality-wise, you're looking at Morley, but is he... He's not a he's not a full back line man like you know he his turn is what lets him down and the other thing is playing him at centre back has more or less been the main reason yeah. why Kerry have shored up maybe not the it's not the only reason but I definitely put it as the main reason like he's just so important to them out there in that position available for passes kind of dictate and communicating with fellas so I think it is just going to be Jason Foley he's been very good all year but. Has the pace strength-wise then you're wondering because like Comer was brilliant the last in while Shane Walsh was very good from freeze he was maybe off-colour the last couple of games and he has that attitude that bit of dog in him as well that just give me the ball so Kerry have a lot of questions to answer as well in the defence in terms of because Galway have as good a forwards as anyone He he wa- he was the one that wanted the ball whenever it was mm. 4-1 against Derry. He, he seen as soon as he picked up that ball, he was going straight for goals, tapped it over the bar with the left foot, he, he broke a, a couple of tackles. Um, Jason Foley probably will be that man. I, I don't imagine it'll be Tag Murley, who's, who's played as, as a more or less sweeper for, for most of the year. But that that's one thing that I was saying during the week, that you've for Galway, whenever it gets to an attacking part of the field, you have to go and designate someone to... to Tag Murray to engage. So if that means someone from Galway goes and stand beside him and, and go for initial ball, nine times out of ten the sweeper makes that initial run with him, which will pull somebody out of the middle. And Galway have a, a lot of strong runners and you down the middle. Conroy, um, Shane Walsh has been killing McDade. So that's something that, that I would think or Galway should try and, and push someone onto him when they're in the that that attacking third of the pitch, just to try and see right. Are you going to make the decision and go with this man, or are you going to still sit because he has been a, a huge influence for Kerry, and that I would imagine that'll have a lot to do with Paddy Talley because Tyrone notoriously used love to use the sweeper. Yeah, no, I, I just think the the matchups on both sides are just so interesting. Even like we mentioned, Shane Walsh there, and I'm there going. Everyone automatically is saying Tom Sullivan to go with him, and I'm like going, does that bring Tom very far away? And then you're thinking away from his own goal or maybe it's another idea to put Tom on Shane Walsh and have Shane Walsh chasing Tom a small bit around the place so there's big question marks and like you you mentioned there trying to pull Tyg out of that middle and the strong runners like McDade and Conroy probably as of now are the two all-star midfielders Keen. yeah well see they, they can kick from distance and the big thing that brought Comer into the game the last day was to kick the one or two from distance then they pushed out, and then there was that dink into the middle card. So, like, I think, I think Kerry need to just go right, Morley, stay in the D. Yeah. Do you know, you keep Comer quiet, you keep Shane Walsh quiet with a tagger. You're probably fifty percent there now. It's probably harsh on the other players, but they they are so important, not just on the ball, but just to lift the team. Like, 
I was at the game the last day and, and Galway were kind of dead until Comer himself lifted the whole thing. Like just winning the ball and driving at them. He lifted the whole thing. So like if you keep them quiet, it's just, it's nearly like the the whole heart of them is gone for a period of time. And if you're out of the game for any period of time against Kerry, you're under severe pressure. So I, I like them two matchups and probably someone on, on Conroy as well. Like them three matchups for me are, are huge. Whether Kerry have the boys to do it the same way as we don't know if Galway have the boys to do it to Kerry, you know it, it, it is. is it's it's very intriguing and and both teams have boys that are capable of four or five points, like on the fringes we'll say that they're not the main men the typical main men. Then boys can still kick one two one three, you know. So I I think the one on one matchups is going to be a huge bearing on this game. Like if if Comer can be kept quiet, like I think Thomas Sullivan for me it's a no brainer because he's so good on the ball. Like he can, he'll, he'll match him for pace, he'll match him for, for energy, you know. So, kick and, a point and can kick end. a point, you know. So, like, that's probably what Derry didn't have. Derry's, Derry's man marker, McCluskey, could match him, but couldn't damage him the other way. Or, or not saying he couldn't, he, he didn't try it. So, I, I think if Tom's there and Tom goes and kicks two points, then next of all, like if that was me, I'd be starting to give out to myself. I'd be like, mm-hmm. "What are you doing? Like you, he's making a fool of you." <laughs> you know that kind you of. You have way. to give credit to to Galway too. The, not a lot of teams had put Brenton Rogers in full back. You know, Porrick Joyce was smart and and saying to Comer, "Any chance we get, go and stand on the edge of the square." And he, he did ultimately it, yeah. got the goal and, or the, the turn on him and stuck it in the net as well. Yeah. You know, Brendan is a good full back, but he hadn't played a lot of football there this year. He, he's wanted to put everybody else in the back foot. Yeah. But Porrick is he's very astute along the line. He, he's tactically aware. Yeah, and that's probably something like. We've mentioned in this podcast that he said in his first year at getting the job that I'm here to win all Ireland. And it was a bit, you know, a good bit off that. And even the first year, they weren't really up to much. They did okay, like, but they were trying to play there. But he's probably learned that sometimes you can't do it the way exactly the way you want to do it. And he's evolved in that sense. And we're on about matchups and a big one for me. We mentioned the boys midfield, McDade and Conroy. And geez, I've loved watching both of them all year. And in the last two games, Dave Moran's come in for Kerry and he. Obviously, I've played with David for long enough. I'd be a huge fan of his anyway. Um, he's been exceptional for Kerry. But the big, I t- still think there's a big question mark there. People are like, will David start? Will he come on? Dear McConnor for me, might be under pressure. And he's been the number one midfielder up to now. But he hasn't performed in the last couple of games. Jack Barry came in the last day, did his usual role on um, Brian Fenton. I think by starting David you're giving yourself another sweeper in terms of Ty, you're going to have to push up at times and mark someone. David has that intelligence. I thought he did it really well last year against Tyrone where he actually just, I actually thought he, I think he hurt his hamstring so he couldn't go up and down but he actually just sat back and he was the man intercepting. So there's a lot of big calls there as well from the Kerry point of view. I'm always worried going into a game when you don't know what way you're going to line out. Yeah, well look, at I, I'd assume the management are 90% sure who they have there's probably a toss up but I think David Moran's huge for, for Kerry like even for pressing a kick out if he's there on one side of the field the kick out's not going that side of the yeah. field do you know so then Kerry can kind of half overload the other side like he is a man mountain now you talk about big midfielders he's a huge midfielder and he has a brain he can kick past the ball and we spoke about the last time before the, the semi-final whether he has 40, 50, 60 minutes in the legs you use him to the maximum because he's smart enough to know when to go, when not to go. Do you know? And I just think he he's a huge cog 
and if whoever wins the middle third their forwards are going to get more ball and and that's going to be the, the winning and losing of this game Like, and if it's primary possession from a kick out of your own kick out and bang into David Clifford they don't get a chance I think he's the big the big plus for Kerry now whether <laughs> whether Jack's thinking the same way as I'd be thinking I don't know maybe he's thinking a legs in the middle of the field I, I just I, I feel a big man like him if he's fit to go he has to be utilised the, the two Galway boys probably are more mobile on the ground um, in terms of getting up and down the pitch but for me it's no, a no brainer David Moore has to play he has to whatever length of time he is I know we got 70 minutes against um, Mayo the game wasn't a frantic speed it yeah. wasn't it was played uh, at a uh, bit, bit of a slower pace but for me intelligence at county level is something that's very undervalued because you know David knows when to kick the ball he dropped one very very unusual that le- led to the cost yeah. and you don't normally see that mistake from, from that probably was just the tiredness creeping in there as yeah. well with the heat because like we were on about there the mobility the first couple of balls I think it was Tom Lehiff got the last day he ran him because mm-hmm. he was trying to run at David and look David stuck with him and look you're not going to expect David to be up and down for 70 minutes anymore but I'd, I'd be in the same lines as he if you can get for, good 40 minutes out of him or 50 or whatever it is you get that out of him um, and then you bring on a bit of extra legs or something yeah. that's the way I'd be thinking you, as well if you're if Kerry or, or you know if they're deep in their own half you throw the ball to David Moore and you, there's a good chance he's clearing a line with a kick pass he, he's finding someone on the on the halfway line or, or slightly past it so for me, he starts and just who the partner, I would imagine it'll be Dermot O'Connor, just the two of them in the middle of the field and they might designate someone till whenever someone's always running at them to, to pick up Conroy or else McDade just to, to give that better extra protection for if um, David Moore is dropping back a wee bit. Yeah, Con- Conroy's not a box-to-box midfielder anymore either. Like He's not. He's Well, that's the other thing. He, sits, he wants to get himself into the pocket same way as David. So you're kind of like for like and then McDade... He's your engine. He's your mm. man that'll break the line. He'll go hard. Then you've your man, whichever you feel is the best out of the other two boys, to pick up him. Do you know? But if you go with two runners, you're nearly always then dictating the matchups. Do you know? In my eyes, when you're setting out your team, you have to set out your team to be able to dictate the matchups. So if you can scupper their ideas of marking someone by making a half back going to corner back or, or such and such, you have to be able to dictate all the matchups or ninety percent of the matchups. And I think with Moore midfield, you're dictating who the matchups are. Moran's going to Conroy and McDade then gets picked up by a runner. Whereas if you've two runners, do you know which is which? Conroy will then win in the air. Do you know? So I, I just think David Moore. I know is a big last year specifically speaking till till Michael O'Neill his um, primary job on every kick out was to stand in front of David Moore that was just so good in the air too, you, you can't give him the front because he's too big to get round to get up and catch the ball um, so you have to have some kind of protection for him to stop his run and then someone to come from behind so you know, a lot of matchups and a lot of you know it's tactically it's it's so up in the air where if you get that 5% wrong it can go to the win or losing the game yeah, like that. There is so many uh, different alternatives, and like, you just don't know which way that each team's going to line out or what initial tactics going to be. There's going to be a bit of feeling each other out. Another what looks like might be a big blow for Kerry is Gavin White. Um, 
you don't think it's that big a blow. Uh, no, <laughs> putting you under the bus. <laughs> we say off camera, should we put on camera? <laughs> I know. Look at Gavin White's a, a serious operator and, and great pace. I just think sometimes, like against Mayo, they knew he was going to carry ball, and he was carrying ball and getting turned over. Mm. Do you know? So, like, he needs like if he could give and go, cheapers. I know I wouldn't like to be running after him, but if he's carrying the ball and you get yourself goal side of him, it's a lot harder to to get going then. Do you yeah. know, look at he, he is a big loss, don't get me wrong, but he's not as big as we'll say a tagger or like like your Tom O'Sullivan or one of your, yeah. your forwards. I think if Tom has gone, you're carrying. Yeah, you're in, you're in huge trouble. trouble. Like you, you have players there that can come in and, and do what Gavin's doing. Gavin is kind of like your, your Jack McCaffrey esque player. You, I'm going to jump in there now. I rarely jump in. Um, <laughs> you're going to make a call here. I'm going to make a call. <laughs> this is huge. I don't know. Do we have players that can do what he does? Oh, I get turned over. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at the bench, and like you've Gavin Crowley, who hasn't played a lot of football this year, and you've Paul Murphy, who prefers it on the other side. But I think if if Gavin White isn't right, there are your two options currently on the bench. You've Gavin Crowley and Paul Murphy. I think you you start Paul Murphy automatically because he's been around Experience. top player. But I there coming off and he wouldn't have a lot of football played either he's been coming on for 20 minutes 50 minutes tough ask for him to last 70 odd and then you're lacking experience coming on and it was his experience against Dublin that did the business so even though the defence has been 100 times better this year really organised same bodies like we don't have the same options in defence as I, we I would, I would think no, I really like how Gavin White plays I I probably envy people who have got speed because I never was blessed with it. So he genuinely no. If he, if he walked, he's like one of them real life action men. He just goes up like a machine. Yeah, he he seems to have frightening speed. Mainly a bit of how Owen McLaughlin plays for mm. wing back for for Mayo as well. Um, he, he probably got turned over a lot of times against Mayo, and then obviously coming off uh, with a knee injury against Dublin. But a lot of his ball, I thought against Dublin, he was given sideways. He didn't go as hard. Because mm. maybe they highlighted that in their video work that you know you've had three or four turnovers, you need to stop going into tackle. So a lot of his ball was sideways, and, and then he did pick up the knock. But he, when you have that option of someone you playing it into the half forward lane, and someone like Gavin might come on like a train, or else someone when you give it to someone off a stand and start, like mm. very rarely you can get someone to, just to take off like that and breaks the line that gets you out of trouble. So in, in that instance, I think he's going to be a big loss. Um, for Kerry because they they don't have a huge pile of pace to take them out. Tom O'Sullivan, probably Gavin White's the other one. Mm. Um, you know, Tag Morley's not probably the quickest player on two legs either. So j just to get them out of trouble, to get them out of that, you know, defensive yeah. mode, he, he can be, a, it'll be a big blow, I think, just to, for, for that reason. Yeah, but that's exactly what he has. He has that explosiveness. But I remember watching in the Mayo game thinking, oh, geez, will he stop going into contact? The Mayo are the one team They'd love it. it. Yeah, yeah. they'd just love it. Eat it up. But and they, they, pro they, they looked like they highlighted mm. that to, to do that. Then you give him his four yards. You know, he's going to go to go at you. And meet him. And then meet him. Mm -hmm. You know, like if he was running without the ball and the ball was into you and him coming off Travel. you. Now that's a different yeah. animal. That's yeah. that's the animal that you could you really you, buy into. You, you can't really mark that. You can't mark that. You can't like, touch them because, no. you know, no. if you stop someone's running and knock them, it's, it's a black jersey. You sort of have to, then you have to match someone to go 
it's the legs to go with him. Yeah, because like when he's carrying the ball, if you get yourself five yards goal side of him, he's running and you're starting to run. He has to play the ball. Then you smash him. Like whereas he's running without the ball, as you say, I can't actually touch him. And then when he gets close to me, I'm running out of legs and he's gone because he has that pace. But I just think like the last day you were saying he was going lateral, like he needs to be able to give it and go. Yeah. It, like just because he's not told not to bring it into contact doesn't mean he can't go forward. Or Do you know what I mean? Re- recognise whenever someone has the ball, you know, and has ha- has made a kick pass or made a fist pass, recognise that situation where I can get myself onto the next pass. Like you had said, David Moran gets the ball, kicks David Clifford. Like if I had his pace, David Moran gets the ball, I'm gone. Take yeah. a chance. We have enough boys back. Oh, McLaughlin does that really yeah. well for Mayo. And it, like, if if you're a wing forward and you knew every time David Moore was getting the ball, you were going to have to run eighty meters after him. Good luck. Mm. I'd be hamstring. I'd be so. <laughs> you know, like you would be like. But then, like what you're actually saying there is something Kerry don't actually do very well. You know, in terms of let's say David Moore gets it, you, you know where he wants to put it into. We don't run off Clifford very well. That's probably because he turns and kicks it over the bar. So yeah, well. <laughs> there is that expectation. I do think it's something that Kerry have to get better they at. They like to isolate him. Yeah. They like to isolate him, you know, to give him that. He's so good off right or left mm. that they don't really need someone around him as such because they want him to take a, the More the often than not, he does the, something he, himself, he, yeah. He takes, does a bit of magic himself or take take someone on, but it would, it would add another string to the bow in, in terms of Kerry if they got runners, you know, even Shani doesn't, yeah, but you know, it is something. It, if you're a defender, like obviously you're trying to get as tight as you can to Clifford. If there's someone running off him, you have to obviously take a yard off him. Do you know? So it just kind of makes him honest. But like we've drifted onto David Clifford, and you'd imagine Sean Kelly will be the man to mark him. Um, it's, not, a t- it's a tough call. Sean Kelly's so good going the other way too. Like yeah, it's, like even when Finian here, just beyond what like he, he loves him out the field and everything he brings to the game and. Dude, I'd imagine they'd have to sacrifice that to put him on him. Do they double him? Yeah, look, it's it's kind of one of them things. They'll want him on him, but they'll also want to try and tell him to go every now and again. Because Galway to win this game have to take a chance here or there. Like realistically, they have to take a chance. They're not going to go toe to toe with them. But if he's with Clifford, doing well on Clifford, he has to make a bomb out. And if he sets up a score, it lifts the whole thing or gets on the end of a score. It's just who is left to do the job when he makes them big runs. You know, because Clifford's not going to run back with him. He's clearly told not to. Yeah, to he, know, passes, he passes, he passes, passes lads on. on. Yeah. You know, so like it, it's one of them things. Who picks up Clifford when Kelly does make them runs? Or have the someone else earmarked? We don't know. But from looking from the outside in, you're thinking Kelly is the only one that has the attributes, size, power, pace. You know, to to even Seems have a chance of marking him. I'm not sure if he's picked up on it, but every time someone gets a turnover off Clifford, it does give them a re- the team. Mm. Um, Oshimon won the first couple of balls in, and the whole crowd was it was nearly like a score yeah. to Mayo because nobody you're not expected yeah. nearly to, to get the ball. So that's uh, even they get scenarios where is it Kelly's away, just get another lad or two lads in the vicinity to not let him stand you up because for someone so big. Even with an ankle injury uh, against Mayo, he burned Paddy Durkin and, and hung yeah. it in the net. You know, he must have blistering pace for a big man. You know, his, his first few steps must be big crazy. long strides in him, yeah. But like, we'd be on about Galway attacking wise of Walsh, of Comer, of Daly, of Tierney, you know, beautiful kickers. Defensively, we, we've talked about Kerry defensively as well, how much they've improved 
Galway have improved a good bit defensively. They were brilliant against Derry. Wasn't ideal to watch, wasn't very pretty on the eye, but they, they've learned that some things you have to do, what you have to do, just get over the line. Um, they're still conceding a lot, especially late on in games. There'll have to be a worry for them, even though they've had the bodies back, they've made it awkward. A lot of the games this year, up to 50, 55, 60 minutes, they've been in a great position. And then it's that last 10. I can't figure out if it's mental or is it physical. And uh, they, if, it, if it's a mental thing that they can't stay switched on, you would worry about them, especially in an all Ireland final, a big day. They don't have this experience, not that Kerry have that much of it either, um, but they've they've lost one in the last couple of years, so they would have that bit of experience. It's going to be interesting. I think they'll flood the defence in the first half. I think they'll keep bodies back, frustrate Kerry, and bank that their forwards that do stay up have the quality quality to be able to feed off scraps. I'm not sure you're in agreement with that. Yeah, well, I, I do think they'll play certainly defensively, but they're, they're definitely structurally far better defensively. I think personnel-wise, to pick up lads one-on-one, they're still, they haven't enough for me, as we talked about, the dogs. Do you know, mm. every single one of their players have, are tasty on the ball. You know, <laughs> I'd prefer a lad not to be able to solo the ball, but to make sure you don't touch the ball. Like You need one or two of them minimum in a team. Now, they will flood the defence. Now, we, we look at them and said they've done well against Derry. Derry asked zero questions of them. Like, Derry, the pace Derry brought into the game was lateral. And they ran themselves out laterally. Like, I remember watching them and they were buzzing. I was like, the pace these boys, but they're going completely side to side. If you're going side to side, it's casual. Yeah. And then you inject. Do you know, Derry never done that. So, Galway were never really questioned in that in that regard. And then, they never broke out at phenomenal pace either, Galway. Like, they never turned over a huge ball and burst out of pace. So, like, they... I think they've realised that in the last 10 minutes they start to fatigue. So they've started to maybe save a bit of energy, you know, because in them other games they were bursting out of fence, getting good scores, and then next of all, coming to the end, they were nearly getting pipped. Whereas I've seen them, they were, their game management was so much better. nervousness, you know, not being... Knowing that what's on the line, like even against Armagh, a couple of balls into the square caused complete havoc. The keeper yeah, that's true, spilled yeah. one and, th- and threw one, d- d- and Armagh got another goal. And there's n- near maybe a wee bit of panic in, in them situations. You know, who the likes of Paul Murphy picked up the ball and given nice. You nearly you see who wants it then. Yeah. You see who actually wants the ball. You know, a lot of the lads have played for Corfin and have been about, but in them. Situations and there's eighty two thousand and it's it's a different scenario. It's a different animal. You know, it's yeah. a different animal, and you need you need players who actually want the ball in them tight situations to get you out. And maybe in the last ten minutes, it could come down to maybe just instead of going looking at it, I'm doing I'm sort of not hiding, but uh, I'm just covering rather than yeah. going and looking the ball and and get my team out. Or it's hard to know what what it comes out. Could be a wee bit of mental stuff as well, just to. Haven't been in the, these situations with, with the county team too many times. Yeah, and I suppose going into a lot of these games, sometimes you try to look back on previous meetings, especially recent ones, and Galway have had the better. Um, they beat Kerry in 2018 in the Super 8, and a lot of these boys were under 21 in 2017 and would have beaten Kerry in an All-Ireland semi-final. So 
I've no doubt that they will be drawing on these fairly recent past victories over Kerry to put a bit of belief in the group as well. I don't think they'll be going in fearing Kerry, if that makes sense, but obviously a bit wary of the threat that's there. And somebody from a Kerry point of view who I think they have to be very wary of, and not just because Shane Walsh has all the talent in the world and the speed and the strength and as good a left and a right foot as anybody in the country. He's been quiet the last two games for his own standards. Yes, his freeze has been excellent, uh, which you'd expect, but from play, he's been quiet. And he's somebody now who wants to be in that same conversation with David Clifford, Con O'Callaghan, Darren McCurry, all these A-class forwards. There's currently a question mark about him. So I think it's a huge game for him. In the last two big games kind of passed him by maybe trying a bit too much at times instead of maybe trying to do something special all the time instead of just being a constant threat constantly being on the ball constantly doing the right things even if they are simple so I think it's going to be a big day for him it'd be interesting for like Tom Sullivan coming out the field marking him he'll have his hands full sometimes a lot of the time the right option is the first option most mm. of the times. Sometimes when you try and, you know, if, if someone's going past you and you don't use it and you come around and you try to solo left, solo right and go past someone and it doesn't work. If he could use the first option and get himself back into the game more, he probably tries to something special all the time. He, he forces it maybe sometimes if it comes off, unbelievable. I always find though that if a fella doesn't take that first option and has to wheel around, it's because he's not aware of his surroundings. Yeah. So maybe it is something that he has to bring into his game. Like, you know, you'd seen him talking in soccer sometimes about, I listened to Roy Keane was actually on about Jack Grealish and on about the amount of touches or maybe it was soon as one of them was on about all the touches he has, the amount of times he gets fouled. And they said, well, he has to take them touches because he's actually not aware yeah, of what's going on around him. And it makes sense sometimes if a fella has have a couple of players and then be looking up. That's too late. Normally, Texas solo. Yeah, you know, the first options down at that's the head down. How how James Morgan marked him the last day. James was all over him. But on the initial play, when G, when he picked up the ball, James Morgan always stood mm. about 12, 15 meters off him. I just happened to keep a close eye. I was at the game and I kept a close eye on it. And then he engaged him a bit, like we talked about Gavin White. Mm. He stood off him, and then we had to come in. But what Kerry have to be careful about. On Armas or Galway's second goal, he drew three players. He's very because he is so quick. A lot of players seem to drift towards him to you know to close him down, and then it leaves someone in the middle. That's what Kerry have got to be careful of that they don't overcommit towards him. If they have a tiger, commit whenever he stopped. Now, mm-hmm. He was the one down the Hogan stand side committed three um, Armagh bodies and fisted it straight in the middle, and, and Galway got a goal. But I do think Galway need more out of him from a. From an open play point of view, he, he was quiet against um, Armagh from open play. He was quiet against Derry. His free kicks were exceptional. You know, they still need scored. And, and it takes a special talent to go over and take him from the wrong side with your, your so-called weaker foot. So he, he'll want a big performance on the biggest stage. I, I, I do think, it's not that he's underperforming. I think he's playing a completely different role than we're used to seeing him play. He used to be the man to get the scores all the time. Now he's the man, like, I wouldn't say he's a playmaker because he's not the man delivering the ball, but he, he's countless turnovers. He's working phenomenally hard. You know, I, like we expect this swashbuckling style that we've seen from him. 
that swashbuckling style of Galway won them nothing. Do you know mm. what I mean? So maybe Park Joyce has told him, look at this is not the game for you, for us to be as good as we can be. We don't want Shane Walsh to be this type of Shane Walsh. If you can do this, because he clearly has an engine, he has to get tagged, he draws in players. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're expecting this from him. He's probably still about here, but just because he's not kicking two or three fantastic points from play, like, his contributions from turnovers, from drawing players in, like, I'd say if you looked over the course of the game and asked the Galway players, they'd be just like, oh, Shane Walsh has given us everything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, like, it's not a case he's not given everything. It's just, when you have your marquee forward, you, you do expect to get C- more. Comer's the marquee now. Comer's the one Well, is, the he, is it just because of the last couple of games? Well, he's, he's Shane Walsh playing out around half forward. Yeah. You know, so your marquee forward is not going to be half forward, like, realistically. Do tell Shawnee Shea that. <laughs> no, he's centre half <laughs> forward. But Shawnee's not your marquee. Like, David Clifford is your marquee. Shawnee O'Shea is just, like, an exceptional talent as well. And he's a he's a workhorse. Yeah. And he brings the whole thing together. So Shane Walsh is probably... I'm going to give you a shovel now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Shea, Shane Walsh is, is the the Galway equivalent yeah. of Shawnee O'Shea. Yeah. But Shawnee just probably gets more potential scores from play because they've played probably weaker opposition up until Dublin. Yeah. He's still, the point in, uh, he's still sometimes, like do you, if you remember the ball he played across the field against Armagh, you don't do that. You need to realise that it's the t- the team. He, You know, I, I still think he throws the fancy thing yeah, more well, often than not. Yeah, well, possibly, across yeah. The, the, the field, let Armagh up the pitch again. Yeah. That situation you recycle. If you have to go back to your goalie to keep the ball, you do. You don't try across. Yeah, the well, he, he does have he does have moments but definitely like that. It, now, it's kind of like game intelligence and maybe a bit of maturity and moments like that. You you can only learn from him yeah, because yeah. nearly cost him the game. But no, like from a Kerry point, you you would fear. Look, I just thought he'd be quieter last couple of games, and he ha- like he has everything, and he does seem like a fellow who lives for these type of big games. These are the games he wants to play in. Um, but I'm gonna. I know you like sitting on the fence, Cian. <laughs> Big fan of that fence. I'm gonna get <laughs> so you. To, back I'm gonna get you to call it, lads. Cian, yeah. I go at you first. I look at. I said at the start, if if Kerry can can get the start that that, that they want, I can't see the bet. But I'll definitely be be going with Kerry by four or five points in the end. He's took it down a couple of points. Jeez, it was six yeah. or seven earlier. She's our good pundits, boys. He's actually talking them up, you know. Um. I would still be on for a, a Kerry victory. Um, I don't see it as comfortable as a five or six point win. I see it being a whole lot tighter. Um, I think Galway will relish the opportunity to frustrate Kerry. They'll want to defend numbers. They'll want to break. They'll 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 live off what they done against Derry. They, they say they, I think their motto against Derry was stop the goals. That Derry have scored scored five the previous day against Clare. Stop the goals. And we go a long way of winning the game. We maybe don't see um, Derry kicking 16 or 17 points to win the match. So I'm going to say Kerry by two, but I wouldn't rule out that in 70 plus minutes we're, we're well, close to a draw. There, yeah, there could be extra time. You know, and I'm just going to say Kerry by two. Te- now, you <laughs> tell us what you have to tell oh. us on, on, on screen <laughs> and then tell us how you really feel. I was you already gonna, told me earlier. Yeah. I was <laughs> gonna I'll back it up. I was gonna duck away there without saying a word. Um no, I think the first half is gonna be genuine, I think it's gonna be one of them first halves we want to forget. I think it's gonna be 
fairly dire stuff, to be fair. I do think Kerry by five or six. I just think they have that experience now. I think I've been going on about Jack's the man. Jack was the man to come back. Fully believed that. And I kept saying he was wrong. It probably wasn't giving Jack the credit. Like, Jack is obsessed with football. He came out recently saying um, the days of having a proper full-time job and being in the county are, are going because it's just too full on. Obviously, he's retired now. But Jack is obsessed with football and he'll, he'll have everything started going into this game I just I just think there's been a different look to Kerry this year I'd be confident to win by 5 or 6 I think in the end but it will be a difficult game I just think that extra bit of spark obviously we talk about David and Paddy Clifford and Shawnee Shea but I just think it's the players we don't mention as much Stephen O'Brien Shawnee Shea or Paul Ganey the likes of Killian Splank coming off the bench maybe Tony Brodson I think we have a couple of more aces that can come in if the the so-called bigger names are a bit quieter. So what you're saying, Tyrone man to come down to help you, Stephen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't mind once he helps us. I don't mind. It'd be a, it'd be a change. But um, I want to give a big thanks to my two guests today, Tyrone's Kyle Coney and Kevin's Kim Mackey. Thanks for joining me, lads. No Thanks problem. for having us. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by Kerry Ladies Captain Anna Galvin. Anna, how are you doing? Hello, Darren. How are you? Oh, not too bad. You're very happy looking anyway. Congratulations. Massive win the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, certainly, certainly waking up a happy woman today. In fairness, it makes makes Monday morning a little bit easier when you're when you've a win under your belt after the weekend. Yeah, it must be some buzz in the camp at the moment, getting ready for the All Ireland final. I suppose the fact that it's so quick as well. You've only two weeks to wait, or less than two weeks to wait. Um, now, um, the whole place must have been buzzing in the dressing room after. Yeah. I got absolutely. I think everyone was just shattered and over the moon and relieved to get through semi semi finals are tough going and that that there's kind of that sort of bit of pressure on that you just have to they're there to just be gotten over, aren't they? Um but definitely everyone was absolutely thrilled uh to be back in the final. I don't think it really sunk in even with me for a little while um until the, even the day after. It was more yesterday that it kind of was sinking in that, that we were actually heading into the final in two weeks' time. Yeah. Um, the buzz is deadly. The, yeah. the buzz actually after the Armagh game was brilliant. You could kind of keep that going because it was such. It was only a one week turnaround. Yeah, we have a two week turnaround now, and um, I think we we need to to come back down from the buzz. It's hard to keep that energy level up though for two or two weeks. Yeah, I actually sure I met you. Um, I met you the day after the Armagh game. We had the legend Mary Jo Kern in our in in our side as well watching the the men's team so um yeah but like you said the semi-finals you know they're they're actually a very nerve-wracking game because you've so much at stake i think it's different to a final that it can be hard to like you lose a final a semi-final it's just all gone you have so long to wait whereas a final it's a bit different i just find the semi-finals are always that bit harder at times you know whereas a final you know what's at stake but i suppose you mentioned off air you didn't realize how much you'd won by but like the attacking, obviously defensively you're very strong, but attacking wise, this Kerry team is very clinical. Uh yeah. Um and I know a lot of people have been commenting on our defence, um, our defensive setup and stuff, and we've certainly worked really hard on that. Um and Kaylee Cronin got player of the match the other day, which yeah. is, you know, unreal. She's been our she's been player of the year so far for us. She's just been immense. But yeah, like you said, the girls have just um you know they're putting like four goals into the into the back of the net. Some going and and mm. for the last day as well, uh, and 
you know, they're everyone's well able to take their points, and it's great. You know, we had a good range of scores as as well. You know, obviously Louise Neverhertig is one of our top scorers all the time. She's just, or she's in a in another class altogether. Sure. But um, the, you know, the spread of scores has increased massively this year. We've worked a lot on our conversion rate and being that bit more clinical in front of goal. And uh, yeah, when you give that full forward line a bit of space, they'll they'll certainly exploit it. Yeah, and I, I know Declan Quill and Dara Long fairly well. And would you openly have set this out as one of your, one of the goals this year, or is it a case of taking a competition by competition and just seeing how you're progressing throughout the year? Or was it one of them things kind of saying, "Look, we're building nicely, and all Ireland is in our grasp if we can put it all together." Um, I think. I think we set out at the start of the year and, you know, de- no, we sat down at the start of the year and we were very much so, um, is there, you know, we knew that within uh, within our team there's a huge belief and we kind of named it then that, you know, we're, we're building here for an All-Ireland from the very beginning. Um, but then once that is kind of set out and our, and our main goal is set out, you then have to rein it back in, you can't get over fixated on what's so far down the line you have to then take it step by step mm. so there was no doubt about it we kind of had that belief from the very very beginning and all ireland is always has always been in our sights since um you know every year that we come come together that that's that's what the goal is at the end of the year but once we had that established and everybody very much so on the same page and knowing that we could get there and um, we then you know took it back and We'd get through the league first. We'd fallen at the final hurdle of that last year and stuff like that. So that was our main focus. Um, and then, you know, we kind of refocus then on Munster. It's always nice to be battling against Cork and trying to get a win over them. And we were unfortunate enough this year. We didn't manage to get ourselves over the line. Um, but yeah, we kind of we like our resilience this year as well has been immense. We've we've been very composed. We haven't panicked. Um, within games and then we also didn't panic after losing that game we just refocused took the learnings from it identified where we'd fallen down and a lot of it had been on stuff that we'd worked really hard on and we just didn't deliver on on that given day so we knew that there wasn't a huge amount of work to do we just needed to address it and make sure that we didn't do it again um but yeah we once once it was set out we then reined it back in and took it piece by piece yeah, and I suppose, uh, Louis, or Anna, you're you're lucky, you're a captain this year, and uh, it must be something that your whole family must be buzzing about. A first All Ireland for Kerry since 2012. You're going to be the one leading out the team. Have you? Well, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not putting that into your head now. The thought of it, like, but is it something now you've thought about? You know that getting out there, leading the team, the parade around Crow Park. It must be something. I know the football is the most important thing. But the buzz of being there in front of the group, like you said, that have put so much into it, to be the one leading them out, it must be something you're immensely proud of. Oh, yeah. It's, ah, look, it's, it's class. There's no doubt about that. And sure, it's an honour to be you know, leading that, this group of girls as well. They're so, they're so brilliant. Um, and you know, the lads are, Declan and Dara and all the management team are excellent to work with. They're so they're just so brilliant in terms of kind of communicating and collaborating with the players. So my job has been so simple. <laughs> like I've had, you know, very little to do. The girls do all the work on the pitch. Um, and then 
I suppose because it's been it's been really good that we've had that little bit of experience in Crow Park now. We were there for the league final last year, league final this year, and and the game um, at the weekend as well. And it definitely helps to kind of settle the nerves in terms of you know heading to Crow Park because it's such a massive occasion and a massive place. And it's class to be playing in the best the best pitch in in Ireland or the best pitch in the world. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, yeah, it's, it is it is deadly now to be, to be leading the girls out. But like I said, it's you know it's kind of you just have to uh, keep calm, keep keep calm, carry on, and just to keep keep focused on the game um, and what what the what the tasks are at hand, and the, that is the kind of main priority, really. Yeah, I think you're being a small bit humble there and there, but I, I won't pull you up on it. Um, <laughs> There was, there was a lot of talk there in the last couple of months about the, the cost of being an inter-county footballer as well. And I can see from where you are now, you're still working away. Um, is this merger between the GA and the, the Ladies Football Association hugely important to continue this growth that the ladies game is on? Because like just looking from the outside over the last five or ten years, it is making great strides, but I from someone who wouldn't be totally in the know like yourself it does seem like this merger has to happen to make sure that we're all on an equal playing field the men and the, the, the ladies yeah um, and I do think there have been strides taken like I think the GPA joining um, merging was you know brilliant that's yeah. you know the first step once the players are united that's huge um, and then and it was really great, like the solidarity shown by the men's football and the hurling in terms of that, you know, they were all all for it as well. So that was a real, a really great um, kind of boost of confidence and like so, a sign of solidarity, I suppose, from them. Um, and then this year, the vote has passed by, has been passed by the GA, the LGFA and the Camogie Association at Congresses to merge all the associations. Um, but... Since those votes have been passed, not a whole pile has, has been yeah. done in the meantime. Um, there's been kind of little action out of it. I know these things don't happen overnight, but I suppose it's we need to see genuine steps being taken and, and at least kind of timelines being outlined because otherwise this thing will keep on trundling down the road. Like we'll, It'll just be an endless um, thing that's in the future and you know we're just keep yeah. aspiring towards but never really getting any closer to. So hopefully the associations will come together now um, in the next couple of months and maybe set out a bit of a timeline um, over the winter and have something something kind of more concrete set in stone for next season um, in terms of what the steps are towards merging. Because, yeah, like I said, it's, um, I suppose the main thing is in the expenses, but like in exposure as well. and. And the ladies' football is a huge, has huge potential as well. There's great um, promotional powers within within the LGFA as well, um, and it's a it's a massive piece. You know, there's there is hugely huge positives to the LGFA linking with the GA as well. So um, hopefully now that we'll all kind of come together and be able to support ladies' footballers and camogie players a little bit a little bit better and just get that playing field a bit more even and um, it just it'll take a lot of pressure off in terms of like that monetary as well but it's so stressful as well having to think of these kind of things and you're putting massive stress on on the body and maybe not being able to do the same kind of level of recovery as the lads might be able to do or 
there's a lot more um I suppose planning an organization in terms of meals and different things like that the lads get a bit more support in 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 those ways as well which all all these things add up massively so if we were able to kind of get get them get those sort of supports in place as well it would be huge yeah i think so and i'm i'm hoping like you said um sooner rather than later that they can start putting all this into action but i suppose bring it back to the final um mead they're going to bring a big challenge and i suppose um what are you expecting from them or is it a case of we're expecting what we've been seeing for the last year or two from them um certainly last year yes yeah, so the last year or two they've been you know they've been building massively last year they were an absolute um machine i think they were just brilliant and they were they were living on such a brilliant buzz as well and rightly so they were going very well um and they had huge confidence i think um and they like they have that unity and they they are very strong there's no doubt about it but they've gone a lot more defensive um than they had previously i think which is a shame because they were brilliant mm. they've and you know phenomenal forwards and um but i'm looking forward to hopefully getting out and kind of so the lads will do their homework we haven't played them this year we haven't really looked a huge amount at them because the only way we were going to meet them was in um a final anyway so we just hadn't even <laughs> looked that far ahead yet. So um, now over the next week or two, we'll do a little bit of homework. But we're just excited to get back into Crow Park and play them again because I know last year we played them in the league final and we just were we were gutted after that game. We were not we were a shell of ourselves that day. Um, we definitely didn't do ourselves justice on the pitch. Um, and I think to go out and give our performances like we'll be doing our homework on them like i said we we're not naive um all through the through this year we've been addressing the opposition and um, because that's just part of what you have to do in terms of planning for games but very much so still focusing on ourselves so like we've been really sticking to our own processes and our own style of play um, and making sure that we we play our game and I think that's what's made this year so positive for us is that like we're really all um, enjoying playing football together and we're, we are playing our own game and we're not bending towards the opposition all the time so um, it's been really enjoyable going out in the pitch so hopefully we can just go out and do that again in two weeks time and it doesn't matter too much who the opposition is once we can kind of get our performances under our belt we'll be confident that we can put up a very very good display. Yeah, well, I want to wish you the best of luck. Um, I'm, I'm not very neutral here now, to be fair. I'll have my Kerry colours on for the next two weeks and hopefully in two weeks' time we'll be able to get you on again and we'll have a chat with you about um, being a Kerry All-Ireland winning captain. So best of luck, Anna, and I have the fingers crossed under the table here for a double. Well, that's all we have time for on today's show. Uh, big thanks for Anna Galvin for joining me online and for my two guests in studio, Kyle Coney and Keen Mackey. And join us next week where we'll be talking about the football final. And fingers crossed, I'll be a happy, happy carry man. You're listening to the GAA Hour with Darren O'Sullivan on Sports Joe. The final whistle is all over. Jim Gowan, Jason Sherlock embrace. Dublin are the history makers. Today, Sean Kavanagh, who is a brilliant footballer. But I tell you what, you can forget about Sean Kavanagh as far as he's a man. O'Sullivan, oh, that was absolutely brilliant. What about that for skill from Darren O'Sullivan? Kieran McDonald, it's high, it's over! Will he ever get a more vital one than that? The transition talk, I think Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what do you think it is?